Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Pin Tool Podcast. And uh, this is Season 3, Episode 4. And things were kind of cold here uh, the last two weeks. We got snow and we got cold weather. So it's probably all the cold weather we were supposed to get back in January, but it just came late. And we had frost on the pottery windows. We had some snow on the pottery shed roof. And it was just cold, friends. And I was kind of hoping we would get away with as little cold as possible, but now it seems to be it seems to be coming in full force. The Tuscarora Creek uh, isn't froze over, but it's running real cold with snow on the banks. And uh, so I'm just I'm just hoping for spring. So. Not much has been going on here at the Pottery. Um, I did a few live feeds on Facebook. And um, so some friends came in to watch. Had a nice time with that. Made some mugs and some Valentine vases. But things kind of went downhill this month for me. So I'm not here to cry tears and get my socks wet. But I had a real bad time this month. Uh, getting work out on time, getting uh, pots fired on time. And basically the Valentine vases are late and the beer mugs dried out before I could get handles on them. So I've had all these things happen before because I work a full-time job um, at the big paper factory and I did an overtime there Uh day there on overtime um, so they have fair share uh, your name is on a list and as your name gets towards the top you get closer and closer to being mandatory to do a day right so my name is getting up there I'd rather pick than be mandatory and they need help on this one team that I that I enjoy working on so I'd rather pick to work on a team that I enjoy working on on my day off rather than being told and then having a more miserable time than I normally would if it was unenjoyable right <laughs> so, <laughs> so after 18 years uh you learn to enjoy your miseries after a while right if you at least get to pick and you have a good attitude so I had to go in did the overtime, and uh, but little did I know, and I realized it when I got in there, that I had a dentist appointment scheduled for that day also. And friends, I had to call the dentist. And my dentist, uh, she's she runs a tight ship, and she always tries to reschedule immediately, and she she's all over it like a bad suit. So I finally was able to reschedule. For the next day 
which would be my normal day off. And so I went there and got some work done. Then I was totally wiped out to do anything the rest of the day. We had high winds. Uh, there was no way I could fire outside. I have fired in wind before, but this wind was very strong. And um, I do not have a kiln shed. And a kiln shed has been one of my goals. I've been trying to work on getting done, uh, raising money to get in. However, the wood kiln came, so I wanted to save money to get the wood kiln here rather than put it into a kiln shed. So as you can see, I have a few houses of cards stacked up all over the place, right? And when one thing happens, uh, it cascades and collapses. <laughs> I have a real bad time. So, because I took the overtime day, I missed a dentist appointment, and then the chain reaction happened, where I missed a day of firing because I was at the dentist appointment, then the wind came, and then Valentine day, Valentine's Day came, and... Yeah, so it's just horrible, but I figured I would recover, and uh, as long as I was making work, right, as long as I was making work and still showing up, uh, things would be okay. So even though I missed the Valentine's Day uh, pots, I, I got up and the sun came up, so I knew that <laughs> everything was going to be okay. I was still above the ground, thanks goodness, right, and everything was going to be fine. And I can probably make, I could probably make some tall candles out of the beer mug forms that I started that are now just jars and they didn't get handles. It's just terrible. So I need to retoss the beer mugs because definitely I need to make work for the spring show that's coming. Uh, my spring show here is March 15th to the 17th and, um. So that's right around the corner, month away. So I'm going to be, I already got work started for that. I got some vases that were supposed to be for Valentine's. Got half the candles thrown, so not bad. Um, need mugs, bowls, and I would like to do baking dishes for the spring show. So, need to start work for that. So the Adirondack Homestead um, Festival is coming in... Uh, April so I plan on going to that and I already got my tickets I'm still debating on if I'm going to take the pots here's the thing it's $125 for booth fee which isn't bad for three days right um, but it's quite a distance there now I know some of you travel long distances for, for shows right and by no means crying but this is like a brand new startup kind of event and my brother-in-law who is part of the Homestead Journey podcast, is in charge of that and has um, he has a um, scheduling and things like that. And I would like to go to support him. And I would like to use the um, Homestead idea as another customer segment to make pots for. Because I love the idea of homesteading and 
Uh, I tried growing a little bit of a garden, but my family were farmers. We all come off the farm, right? We all had gardens as kids growing up, gardens. So it isn't like anything new that I'd be doing. Uh, my mom always canned, always made jelly, did all kinds of things. And uh, we didn't have a lot of money, so we had to do it, do it ourselves. Mom knew how to sew, a lot of home, in-home things. So uh, this would be my opportunity to go and kind of like wet my feet instead of from tears, wet my feet into the homesteading um, customer segments and see what types of things they would enjoy. I already have a list um, of things that I could work on. And um, just from talking to my brother-in-law and some other people that he knows. Uh, so that would be really interesting. So I'm kind of excited about that. So I'm still debating on if I should take the pots and the treadle wheel up. It'd be nice to throw some old, old-timey pots using the treadle wheel. And uh, so that's in the perfect world. But getting everything up there, I don't have a truck. Uh, I would have to work that out. That's that's not a problem. Um, so I just need to figure out if I want to do the three days up there or not in April. So that is, I think it's the weekend of April 26th. So that's right after my, it's a month after my, my show. So more bad news. Uh, I missed two wine festivals right almost back to back and it was during that week of valentine season where uh last week i got crushed so <laughs> so i missed the show the first show i told you about in the last episode with jill it was a wine fest down at the steamtown mall scranton and that was banging i mean Jill was going crazy. She was like selling like no tomorrow, right? We we made we made quite a bit of money, and I helped Jill. So today, um, there was a wine festival in Dushore, Chocolate and Wine Walk, and I took my wife there. We walked around. We ate lunch in Dushore. We had lunch at the Jolly Trolley. If you ever go there, it's a fun store. It's like hardware store type thing, gift shop. They sell like hot dogs and hamburg meals and all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't bad food. And uh, so we enjoyed the day seeing different wineries and chocolate makers. And uh, they had some events going on there. That was a lot of fun. And I got to see Jill. And Jill had her table set up. And again, she was knocking it out of the park, right? I was standing there chatting with her as she was working and seeing people come in and seeing her interact with customers it was just amazing friends so i messed up two shows by losing the opportunity to sell uh, at two different places so another shop uh, just revamped in the area they were down for a remodel and the blue heron uh, in Wild Loosing, Pennsylvania, is back open. And Abby and the ladies invited me up for some cookies. And uh, I need to get to work to get some work back up in there. Right? So uh, they're looking for some blue mugs and some pots. So I need some pots for that little art shop. It's a really nice local little art shop. 
women that run it up there are sweeter than a bug's ear, right? So uh, I need to get work up in there. So that's what I need to do for next month. I've got a lot of things going on, and I'm hoping that work at the paper factory slows a little bit so that I can get some pots done, right? Because if I'm exhausted from work, it's a tough, it's a tough balance. So I've been keeping up with the writing. Um, pottery dailies have gone, have been going good, and I make it a daily practice to write the pottery dailies, and just to show up and to have a practice. And I may try working that with the pots, right? Um, I may try to make pots every day as a practice, whether I want to or not. And it's quite amazing. I've been writing the pottery dailies for about a month and a half now. And you would think you'd run out of something to write about. Uh, that's not the case at all. Uh, there's always been something there. When I sat down, the muse was waiting for me. And it was pretty amazing. So, last episode, we talked about customer segments and what that was and we talked a little bit about the business model canvas and this episode uh, I would like to talk about value propositions so we um, we're going to be using the book business model generation and we talked about that book uh, last time and I put a link to it in the show notes so if you haven't if you haven't seen that and if you haven't gone and taken the free business class on the business model canvas uh, by um, Steve Blank. Uh, go ahead and do that because that is an amazing class. Uh, this book here is the Business Model Generation written by Alexander Osterwadler and Yates um, Pivir. And uh, it's a pretty amazing book and I've had it for quite some time. So a lot of potters uh, they may have gone to art school, right? And they may have made pots either as an apprenticeship or learned how to do it on their own. Uh, but a lot of those people never had business classes and things. They didn't teach me business class in art school. I got a little bit of it when I did the apprenticeship, but um, you know, it was it was pretty lacking. And, and now today. It's totally different. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about value propositions. I talked a little bit about value propositions in the podcast on product placement, right? So if you haven't heard that, go and listen to that. But in this episode, it's going to be part two of the business model canvas, which is another section. So you have customer segments which uh, we talked about last week. It's the customers that you choose to make pots for, the least viable audience, the people who care, and the people you want to target. So once you figure that out, you make value propositions to those customers to um, basically fix their problems, if you can, solve a problem, and kind of cater to them and give them what they're looking for, if you can, while you're still doing what you enjoy 
doing by picking yourself. So it's a, it's a tough balance. And we're going to talk about that. So we're going to talk about that while we're making some pots down on the wheel. And today we're going to be throwing bowls. So uh, I need a couple one and a half poundy bowls for some soup bowls. And um, I got some balls kneaded up. And we're going to go down around the old-timey treadle wheel. And we're going to toss bowls while we talk about the business model generation and value propositions of the pots we make. All right, so I'll see you down there. Uh, welcome back, and uh, hopefully you had time to run and get a coffee. So welcome back. We're going to treadle out some, some soup bowls while we talk about value propositions. While we, while we chat, right? So this, one of the nine building blocks in the business model canvas. And uh, if you haven't downloaded the business model canvas, I'll put it in the show notes super helpful it's super helpful when you start a new project it's super helpful when you start a new business because it asks it asks you all the questions and it helps you to answer who's it for what's it for and what change you're trying to make right so we always try to answer those three questions and then as you go through the business model canvas you investigate how you're going to answer those questions right so we talked about customer segments in the last episode. You can go back and listen to that. This episode is going to be on value propositions. So value proposition is the reason why people you picked to buy your pots buy your pots, right, or your product. And it solves or satisfies a customer's need. So they... They like you for a reason. And it could be a whole bunch of different reasons. It could be maybe your design, your color, your aesthetic, a whole host of reasons. And it's up to you to define those reasons and to find out why they're buying from you, what they like about you, and why they're attracted to you. So you can do more of that and either attract more people like them to that group or so that you can design and produce products that they haven't thought of that they might like in the same segment or in the same design aesthetic, right? So your value proposition um, are things that caters to or benefits that a company offers or that an artist offers that somebody else does not. So, a lot of times, a huge one for potters is, oh, my pots are microwavable. 
my pots can be put in the oven. They're, you know, you can bake in them. Everybody asks, is there lead in the glaze? No lead in the glaze. So those three right there would be some sort of low-level value proposition. High-level value proposition, your story. What are you trying to tell in your pots? Why should people pay what they pay? And why should people support you? And why should they support your story and your work? Who's it for? What's it for? And what change are we trying to make? Right? So, your value propositions are the glue that attracts a customer segment and it caters to the customer segment. So there's a whole bunch of different types of value propositions. It could be innovative, it could be like a brand new thing, right? Or it can be an improvement off an old thing. So you might have similar things, but it's an improvement on something. Hey, I made this handle better. Hey, I made this spout better so it pours better. Hey, this is easier on your wrist so it doesn't it doesn't, you know, twist as much the way I have this handle balanced. Whole host of things that, that you need to come up with. Um, a lot of times when people go on Pinterest and they find their ideas from Pinterest and do it differently. Sometimes that can be a value proposition because it's an existing pro product or art form that you just did differently. However, that's boring, right? People are already doing that. So try to be innovative and think of new and exciting things. There's a million ways to make a thing, and I've already only seen a, seen a few. And it's my opinion for the people that say, you know, copying somebody's the best form of flattery. However, Be exciting. Use your imagination because the sky's the limit. There's a million ways to do a thing, right? So think about that as you're working on value propositions. How is your pot different from the next artist? So you go to some huge shows. There might be 10 or 15 or 100 potters there. All of them have different communities, different customer segments they may overlap but they all have followings where they all can sell pots at the same show so here's the thing that grinds my gears a bit where people are like oh you know the market's too saturated or oh you know everybody's selling the same thing everybody may be selling the same thing they may be selling the same type of boring thing and everybody has one so that's why you need to be different you need to build your own customer segments so that you, you can go to shows, tell the people that you're there, and they can come find you and support you because you gave them value propositions that they care about, right? So we're making work for people who care. And that's my sermon. So what value do you deliver to your customers? And... What problems are you helping them solve by selling them pots? And what do your customers need? 
what kind of story are they telling themselves about you? What kind of stories are they telling themselves about your product when they use it? Right? Does it make them feel good? And what types of bundles are we offering to our customers? So you can bundle products. A lot, a lot of times potters, they really don't think about bundling. And um, I work with a lot of different vendors and artists who make different things. Uh, so I, I work with um, soap makers. So when I do my my uh, shave bowls, I always put in a soap, make the brushes so I get the knots, um, all kinds of things, right? So you can bundle things that people care about and you can satisfy their needs of that customer segments. So value proposition uh, can come in a few different types of forms. Um, it can be something new, right? Something new that you came up with new idea, new concept, new look, new glaze, whatever it is, right? You're going to be set different from every, every other maker out there, or a lot of them. And um, it could be, could be like a new thing. And don't be afraid about delivering your new idea. Ship it, right? If you got, be proud of that value proposition to your customer segment and ship it. So it could be new. It could be how it performs, right? So, oh, you know, this teapot forms without dripping or whatever you want to give your proposition, your value proposition, right? Oh, I like the feeling of this handle or, oh, this handle is big enough you can stick your whole hand through it. I've seen some artists, oh, you know, this, I throw these thick so it keeps your, your drink cold, you know, colder longer or hotter longer or whatever your customers think. There's a thing. You go to shows, customers, they may make value propositions that you never even thought of. Like they'll come in the booth and they'll be like, oh, hey, did you know this or that about your product? This is why I like it. Listen to them, right? Because maybe you can use it if it's not too silly, right? Because sometimes customers in their kindness give us a lot of silly things to think about. And um, a lot of times uh, that can be annoying if we hear it hundreds and hundreds of times. But they're different. They, they don't understand how many times we may have heard things that they find funny. So give them a break, right? Give them a break. And um, they don't know the process like we do. And they may ask silly questions simply to start up a conversation and create conversation, right? To start telling their story so that you can exchange stories and a lot of times people aren't sure how to communicate with artists about their work they want to talk about it they're not sure how to talk about it because they don't know anything about it right so give them an opportunity to ask silly questions and uh, then you can tell them about your value propositions another way not only from uh, newness new idea or how it performs but also customization and this is a big one for potters because some of us do make um, some of us do make custom orders some of us do take custom orders for people and that's really important in value propositions because if, if you're making work 
and you're getting a lot of work because people know a guy or know a gal and that's you, that's a good thing, right? So keep doing that. That in itself is a value proposition. You say, hey, I customize things. So another value is you get it done on time, right? You'd be better than me. I am late. I just said I missed, missed two opportunities, right? The person who made the pots and were down there had my spot probably and they were selling pots, right? I didn't see another pot maker, but still, if if you would have came over to that those two shows I missed, you would have done well, right? I missed Valentine's Day. If you would have made pots on time for Valentine's Day, you would have outsold me because my pots are still drying downstairs, right? Not trimmed. So being on time, getting the job done, being dependable is a value proposition you can add to your work. So another one that we touched on a little bit is design. So that we talked about is the newness. And then another one, um, and we do it, is brand and status. Somebody famous, right? So say you're gonna you're gonna get a pot from Florent Gadsby or some other famous potter, right? And uh, you're gonna pay more for that maybe just because of the name. Just because the demand is high, they create a high demand. It's a value proposition. And then lastly, um, it can be, not lastly, but one, one that we think about mostly is pricing. So value proposition on pricing, is it, is it priced affordable to your customer segment? What do you need to do to sell it to them? How low is too low? You don't wanna, you don't wanna be cheap. You want them to value it and appreciate it and support you also in your story and what you're trying to do and the work you're trying to do. So pricing is a value proposition. Uh, another one is uh, giving coupons, having sales, uh, having a group where it's 30% off where they can come and enjoy your work because, because you're catering to them through pricing and cost reduction. Um, risk reduction so by reducing the risk on what they may occur um, you can be like oh you know you don't need to repair this at all so our pots ain't gonna break down right but you can talk about how long your pots last oh it's fired cone 10 stoneware much better than earthenware earthenware you know it's a little bit more fragile. You can you can say that, right? Um, accessibility. Um, how can your customer segment get your pots? You can be like telling them all the stores, all the little shops you sell in, where your work is available, your online shop. All those things are value propositions because it creates access to your product, right? And then also how easy it is to use, right? Convenience, usability are value propositions. So those are value propositions. So what I would do is I would make a list of what you think some good value propositions 
might be and write those down and then go ask some friends who make pots and see how your work is a little bit different from theirs and notice those distinctions and those could be value propositions look at cost look at coupons look at bundling how easy are your pots to buy like when you go to your website can they find your shop or is it lost you know six scrolls down the page um, is it lost in all the links or is it right up front right accessibility and also you know thinking about design and um, are you on time with things and performance you know, if it leaks customers are not going to be happy with that you know make sure you have good glazes so things don't leak and do you do customization and how new and fresh your ideas right so all those things you can in, uh, improve on we're all practicing right all these things for sales or practice it's like throwing a pot on the wheel every pot is practice for the next so next episode we're going to talk about uh, channels and we are going to talk about the third section of the business model canvas which are channels they're building blocks um, that describes how an artist communicates and reach 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 out to customer segments to deliver the value propositions so in short and in english how do you communicate with your buyers what channels do you use so we're going to be talking about that all right so now that i put you to sleep uh, i'm probably going to have to wake a few people up here so they're nodding off like i was a preacher on sunday but um hopefully one person will be like yeah you know i'm i'm really thinking about what value propositions i can make for my customer and for my customer segments the least valuable audience and the people who care what change am i trying to make who are my pots for what are my pots for and is what i do does what i do matter right would they miss me if i was gone so ask all those questions and um, things will get better for you I, I think they will all right so be sure to check out pottery dailies i've been updating those and then also my creek road pottery pen pal club find it on the website and my blog which are updates about the pottery itself it's kind of like a newsletter and then i have a few journals on amazon check those out if you get time stop by and say hi you don't need to buy anything right stop by the website for coffee got some good articles up there that i think you would enjoy i try to do things with value right i'm not here to sell you stuff 
You're listening to this podcast for free. We just talked about customer segments. We just talked about value propositions. And it all was free, right? So check the show notes and um, let me know what you think, right? Send an email and say hello. If you want to write me a letter, I'll be standing by my mailbox waiting for it. You can write it to Creek Road Pottery, 917 Creek Road, Laceyville, Pennsylvania, 18623. Right, I'll be standing by the mailbox. Write me a letter. I'll write you one back. Right? Tell me about your pods that matter and what you're doing for folks who care.